With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Variety, celebrating 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. Before my daughter was born, like right before she was born, you know, I started to think of this little life, this little soul, and I started to imagine her as she watched daddy, as she watched me do what what it is I do, whether I was a school teacher or a chef or a lawyer, you know, I want my kid to see me at my best. That's what I want to show her. If she's going to mirror daddy, the next kids we have on the way, if they're going to mirror daddy, if they're going to mirror mommy, I want them to mirror the passion. I want them to mirror the focus, the intention, the, the desire to do something well, the craft, you know, in whatever it is they do. You know, I'm certainly not trying to raise a house full of performers. Look, if that's if, <laughs> if that's what I get, then that's what I get. Leslie Odom Jr. exudes a passion for the arts that he hopes inspires others, including his kids, no matter what they do. I'm Clayton Davis. On this edition of the Variety Award Circuit podcast, we talk to Hamilton star Leslie Odom Jr. about the monumental task of taking on the legendary Sam Cooke in the new film, One Night in Miami. He discusses what went into one of his strongest turns yet, serving double duty as not just an actor, but as a singer-songwriter. Also in this episode, Odom Jr.'s co-star Aldous Hodge shares why he was initially reluctant to play Jim Brown, the only living figure from One Night in Miami. But first, our awards roundtable tackles David Fincher's Mank, the Best Actor Race, and much more. It's all on Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Variety's Award Circuit. I'm Clayton Davis, Film Awards Editor here, joined today with Janelle Riley. Good morning. Jazz Tangay. Good morning. And Michael Schneider. Or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this <laughs> podcast right oh, now. People wake up first thing Thursday morning and put this on. I'm absolutely exactly. sure. Well, we should start off by explaining why we actually still sound chipper and, and normal, um, because we are recording this podcast on Monday, uh, the day before the election. So by the time mm. you're listening to this, who knows what happened? And we're we probably might... not even with we're not here anymore. We could be <laughs> gone. Like, uh, I mean, That's the world could be in flames. Uh, you know, I, and I'm only half joking. So mm-hmm. let's hope by the time you listen to this, things are sane. But who knows what? So we're we're doing this a little bit uh, with the ignorance of not knowing how Tuesday yeah. flex. And, and, and I'm and I'm flying to LA on Wednesday. Look at that. So the wow. whole I could be bur- I could be flying over a burning country from oh, coast yeah. to coast. Yeah, take photos. I love the disclaimer. It's like, gosh, yeah. they're so trapped. Because <laughs> in no way, shape, or form should we be allowed to be happy right now at all. <laughs> like we have to, unless you know it's good stuff, and then we could be happy. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But but either way, that that explains that. Um, but uh, why don't we move to the topics of the week? I've been hearing all of y'all talking about Mank for so many weeks now. 
Uh, but until last week, you weren't allowed to actually talk about it due to the embargo. Now you're unleashed. Now it's time. Unleash I, I Mink. Want, I want to hear, hear the hot takes on Mink. Obviously, okay. I haven't seen it yet, so give me, give me some hot takes. It's right. exquisite. Uh, oh, sorry, Clayton, go ahead. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let me set, I'm going to set this up real quick because I because ha- it has to be said that even though whatever, regardless of what we're about to say about it, you can look at it through the lens of awards voters. And I will say this, the main criticism of Mank will be evaded all season because of who directed the film and who wrote the film. So I think the main criticism will never, ever bubble to the surface. With that said, the movie does what it does very well in terms of getting the attention of Academy voters. And I think it is a great technical feat. <laughs> That's wow. very diplomatic. Yeah, reading very... between the lines there. <laughs> wow. What did Gary Oldman do to you? <laughs> no, I, actually, I think Gary Oldman's fine. He's, he's actually fantastic. like, yeah, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he no. does he does his stuff well. Amanda Seafried does her stuff well. I think I just think the story doesn't give them enough to do or does them any favors. Well, I think it's uh, you know we we've probably discussed this online before, but I think that film Twitter and critics are going to go crazy for it. Regular Netflix Netflix subscribers, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to react because you have to have a lot of knowledge, just not about Citizen Kane, but the making of Citizen Kane. Right. Yeah, you shouldn't need a PhD to watch a movie. <laughs> a five-minute intro, or maybe a ten-minute in this case, yeah. of like here's everything you need to know in a nutshell before the film begins. But I'm Lily Collins. I thought loved I her. Loved, I loved, loved her. her. I think to say what Clayton said, a hundred percent everything. Um, but it's exquisite. Like every frame. There's so much detail that if you fr- if you like freeze frame every shot, it could be a coffee table book just because it's divine. Um, Eric Messerschmidt's cinematography is the best, uh, one of the best I've seen this whole season. Um, and Did I love. You, the- were you saying that this is the first movie he shot? It's, it's, it's his That's first movie. First That's insane. Which is bananas. Yeah, I mean, bananas. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, and oh, I yeah. like I'm just going to run their fan club. But um, <laughs> their score is so good, given like what what they've done for like Watchmen and um, what we've heard from Soul. This is just glorious. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with a double Oscar nomination come April. Yeah. Um, and something that um, people talk, we're talking a lot about the technical aspects because they are flawless and it's a beautiful film, but Fincher really has a way with actors. I mean, there's Gary Oldman is, you know, the star of the show and he's fantastic, but all of these roles that I feel like could kind of disappear into the background really pop. You have Tom Pelfrey who uh, plays Joseph Mankiewicz, who's his brother. You mentioned Amanda, who I think is such an underrated actor in so many ways. She's Mm -hmm. always good, doesn't get the respect she deserved. And Jazz, you mentioned Lily Collins, who like, in other hands, I feel like that could have been a nothing role. She's uh, Mank's caretaker. And I just think she's wonderful here. I just think she lights up the screen. Everyone kind of gets like a nice little moment. I don't know if it'll be enough to push them into nominations. You know, I haven't even mentioned Charles Dance. Who yeah. William Randolph yeah. or um, Arliss Howard? I, oh he was my, my favorite. Arliss yeah. Howard was my favorite part of it. Uh, better good. known as, uh, also known as, uh, not better known as, also known as Deborah Winger's husband. 
so fantastic. Uh, and, and he has my favorite scene of the movie. That tracking shot down the hallway is pretty superb. Yeah. Yeah. I was, so I was really uh, impressed across the board with the actors. Yeah. I mean, this sounds like awards catnip to me. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I exactly think what Hollywood will flock for to. sure. I, th- I think it's, I think it's going to repeat curious case of Benjamin button. It'll get like 13 nominations. I'm not even joking. Like I think it's going to get almost everything below the line, including visual effects. Uh, Cause a lot of that production design is visually enhanced. So I think it it's a stands a chance there. I think Oldman and and Seafried are I think are easy gets. I think depending on how big they go for the movie, watch out for maybe a supporting actor in there. Mm-hmm. And with that, when you get that many tech nods, a Fincher win is not far from the realm of possibility. That I think that's totally on the table. It's going to get sound too. Like that's the thing. Like you said below the line, it's absolutely going to get a sound. It's probably going to get a costume. Oh, the costumes. The costumes. I'm rhapsodic about the costumes. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I, I think I, I, when it was over, I, I said to myself, and I'm not going to like solidify this. So I'll just say it because I thought it. I think it walks in almost with four Oscars, like in the door. I think production, cinematography, sound, and score are almost over. It feels like that. That's how good, good it is. And then you have to just see how much that starts trickling out into other, other categories. But Listen, I think, like I said, film, Janelle said it best. Like, film Twitter is going to love it. I think those normal Joe Schmo Netflix watchers, AKA my family, will (laughs) not get through it. Mm. And I, and that's, and that's, and I, I say I liked it, but I know uh, it's Roma part two. People didn't get through Roma either. It's going to be the same exact thing, but that Roma won best director in the end. Yeah, Roma did just fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and, and this has the added benefit of again being about Hollywood. And as we've said before, Hollywood loves nothing more than Hollywood. And, oh. and so that gives it an immediate leg up. Even Josh Mankiewicz from Dateline NBC, who's a member of the family, couldn't have resist tweeting, What an amazing film this was. Not really? that he's biased or anything. Yeah. But I know this is gonna sound ridiculous. I had no idea he was a Mankiewicz. Yeah. You know, of the Ma- the Hollywood Mankiewiczes, like the, of the you knew the, the Ben Ben was though, right? You knew that, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah, Ben, ben, ben Mankiewicz who does TCM is of the Mankiewicz. Yeah, no, I know who Ben is. I oh, just yeah. never put it you together. Know, yeah. They're they're brothers, uh, and and so Josh went down the path of uh, uh, you know covering murderers for Dateline NBC, which uh, yeah, that's a career path as well. That's Hollywood <laughs> sure, sure. in a different way. Things we learned during this podcast. Yeah, I'm learning something brand new. I love it. Well, I'm so dense. I didn't put together that Joe Mankiewicz, played by Tom Pelfrey, was the director of All About Eve. And again, it's like, it's not a common lesson. See, I did learn something from this movie, by the way. (laughs) I mean, I learned a lot, but things that I probably should have done. How funny would it be if this got 14 nominations tied for the most of all time with All About Eve? And it could happen. Yeah, totally could. I tell you, just it needs all that text to happen, like I said, and pick up a sporting actor on the on the way, and then mm-hmm. you're there. Which what I think is this? very possible yeah. for Charles yeah. Dance. Yeah, he's he's always great. What if this also popularizes Citizen Kane among Gen Z? It becomes the new hip thing, you know. So like TikTok brought back Fleetwood Mac's rumors. <laughs> all the kids are going to be TikToking about Citizen Kane in the coming months. I mean, listen, I, I think it could definitely drum up uh, curiosity, especially if you're, if, especially if you're a younger person who claims to be a cinephile and haven't uh, 
you know, you might have watched Citizen Kane in passing. And you're like, oh, because, you know, you feel like you have to watch it. And you're supposed to say you like it. Right. You know, I, I think you'll you'll want to learn more about it. I think it'll help you start Wikipedia some stuff, you know, if anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe head up to San Simeon and, and check out uh, the Hearst Castle uh, when, when we're allowed to travel again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I got so nauseous at Hearst Castle because it's a really windy road and they put you oh. in kind of a rickety little bus. And uh, yeah, I did not not feel great going in. Look, that, that was Mankiewicz calling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which talking. one? You know There's we're talking so about them. Thanks, thanks yeah. for the love. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, it's, uh, other Oscar possibilities, but let's talk about, because uh, I think this would be a good segue, probably Mike, into best actor talk. Gary Oldman, do you, where do you where do you guys rank this like on his like filmography oh, i think he's fantastic i think you know i'm i'm a big fan as i assume everyone is i actually think he's better in this than he was in darkest hour which won him the mm. oscar interesting yeah. interesting I, i'm no, one of those I, I, I'm one of those that didn't decry the end of cinema with darkest hour because that was when the timothy chalamet group was really really uh aggressive about taking down darkest hour um I think he's good. Gary Oldman is a great actor, so he you can give him anything. I think he makes it better. Mm-hmm. So I think he does very well here. And I think depending on how that race shapes out, I think he probably in pretty easy. Um, again, there's so. just a lot of fluidity that's going to come with that. Jazz. I think he's going to be a, a one, two or three. Like he's definitely going to get in. There's no question about it. Um, I thought he was fine. I still think, you know, Darkest Hour was, is one of his better, his one of his best performances for me. Um, I do, I mean, I want to go back and revisit this film again. That like man can just see what I've missed. Cause I'm sure I missed so much. The first <laughs> one. I don't know. I mean, he's good. He's that. always good. He's yeah. always good. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. who's he up against? I mean, who are some of the big contenders this year? I mean, hello. Well, when you say one, I, I assume you mean two, because I, I don't I mean listen, Anthony Hopkins, we I think we spoke about once before. Yeah. It's like it's gonna it's it's gonna be hard to beat. I think I think Hopkins Bozeman is what this race is gonna boil down to uh as the season unfolds. But again, Five more months left. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Is it, it really? Good <laughs> God. Five more months. Five left. months. Yeah. So we have five more months left. So it looks like right now, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, Bozeman versus Hopkins. And then I think, um, I mean, Delroy is going to be Delroy Lindo for the Five Bloods. I think it's going to be. I am pretty, not feeling I'm, confident about that at all. Yeah, feeling. I'm really not. No. Yeah. Like you think I'm, it's just going to, it's, it, you think it's just going to be like a critics thing and then falls off in the end? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's silly to say this because, you know, but it came out quite a while ago. Um, I think there's movies that have yet to come out that are going to be getting a lot of buzz. Steven Yoon in Minari. Everybody mm. wants to see that guy nominated. Yeah. Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal. And of course, like never underestimate Tom Hanks in News of the World. I mean, Tom Hanks is one of his greatest performances was in Captain Phillips, which he made with Paul Greengrass, reunited with him. You know, best-selling book it seems like a tailor-made role for him. I just think it's so so competitive that I'm I'm not totally confident about Delroy. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, and, and, and Tom Hanks was our dad that got COVID first. So we have to remember <laughs> yeah. that. that's gonna like 
And, and I think that especially makes sense this year with the movies that came out a while ago. This year, a while ago feels like five years ago, right. uh, given what we're all going through and also how long this uh, award season is going to be. That's really going to impact things that came out uh, you know, months ago when it felt like a different age. I mean, yeah. there's, I loved Rob Morgan in Bull. You know, that came I out know. so long ago. Jude Law in The Nest, um, a little more recent, but still like, you know, there's just a lot of great performances from earlier in the year that's, you know, I, I we're going to get, even um, Ben Affleck in The Way Back. I think he's I, so good in The Way Back. He's yeah. so, so good in that. So good. I think, you know, I mean, I like Riz Ahmed. He's probably definitely not going to get in, but like Tom really? Hanks. Tom Hanks is just, every, everybody loves Tom Hanks, right? Mm. Um Daniel Kaluuya for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. I mean, I haven't seen yeah. it, but yeah, I mean, if, if he ends up going, if he ends up going lead, so like right. there, there, there's a there's definitely a pathway that Lakeith gets pushed lead there. Oh, and Lakeith Stanfield is so overdue for a nomination, yeah. in my yeah. opinion, for everything he's done, going back to Short Term Twelve. <laughs> Actually, by the time by the time you guys listen to this, there might be something up, up about Judas on Friday, so you can check it out there. Of some sort, oh. yeah. Um, but actually, we we have to put the the man in the room, Sasha Baron Cohen, because in a heartbeat. I I yep. think I think he's going to be closer than we think because I think he wins the Globe again. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he won last time and it didn't translate, so point taken for everyone that's screaming it at us right now. But he also has a shot to get five. I, I don't want to put this together. He can get five Oscar nominations this year. Wow. He's a producer on the movie, uh, acting, adapted screenplay. He wrote the song Wuhan Flu, which I think <laughs> oh, is going to factor in. God, that and, song is an earworm. Yep, and then uh, supporting actor for for Trial of Chicago Seven, wow. and I think one of those may help each other. Wait, Maria's uh, gonna get a not could get a nomination. So that'd be six, right? Or did you say Maria? No, no, no that's his five. Or Sasha. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, you're just saying specifically Sasha. Which, Sasha by himself. Yeah. By by the way, we do need to see that performance on the Oscar telecast uh, of uh, Wuhan Flu. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The original, original song campaign begins today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm campaigning for Yaya Ding Dong. Yeah. Because <laughs> I only want to hear Yaya Ding Dong. <laughs> can we not have both? <laughs> yeah, we can. We can have multiple things. Um, I I think also it's worth mentioning uh, Colin Firth. For Supernova, uh, or Stanley Tucci for Supernova, depending on which way they go, and I think Firth will end up going lead more so for that. But very, very good in it. Another former Oscar winner, um, and and it's and it has a release date now, so it's coming out in the eligibility window. Uh, have either of you? Have anybody? Has anybody seen Nine Days with Winston Duke? Yes, of course. And what what do you think uh, his? I think is. he's lovely. Um, I think uh, it would it would be a wonderful uh, sort of dark horse contender. But I'm just I'm just looking at some of these names, and my God, I mean, you know, we've mentioned Anthony Hopkins, Chadwick Boseman, Delroy Lindo, Stephen Yoon, Gary Oldman, Tom Hanks. I mean, that's six right there. Like, you know, and then all these other amazing performances. Like, it's it's gonna be brutal. Well, you've got the one night, and you've got one night in Miami. You've got like- well, yeah, we haven't even mentioned that. Yeah. yeah, uh yeah, I think one one of them is gonna end up going lead for that. Uh likely Kingsley Benadir. So that's gonna take some 
stuff there. And then Don't Tom Holland for Cherry. Yeah, Tom oh. Holland for Cherry, George Clooney for Midnight Sky. I mean, there's still so much to God, see. Dev, Dev Patel, the personal history of David Copperfield. I think that's going to be a, a British, like, block secret, yeah. like, rally around that might do some damage. Uh, let me ask you guys, is there, is there something that isn't, like, necessarily in the running that you would be, like, championing for right now? And I think, Janelle, I already know one you're going to say, so I wanted you to say it first. What, you think I'm going to talk about Working Man? Yeah. Yeah, Working Man is a beautiful film that I'm embarrassed I missed um, earlier in the year. And a uh, wonderful lead performance brought by Peter Garrity. Um, also a wonderful performance by Talia Shire. Like, so, so great to see them. I actually think the standout performance in that that has a chance is Billy Brown in a supporting role. Um, have you seen it yet, Clayton? I have not. Oh, I I'm really, going to watch it yeah, today. Yeah, I really want I've to made it because of you. I'm going to watch it oh, today because you because because you've been saying so Janelle. much, so many great things about it. So I was like, I owe it to Janelle. I'm going to listen to her. I will admit, you know, when I first heard what it was about, it's like this small town factory shuts down, but Peter Garrity plays a guy who's worked there all his life and he keeps going to work because it's kind of all he has. And I was like, oh gosh, is this going to be like sad and depressing? And I was really impressed actually. Um, it has like almost a Frank Capra-esque feel. It's like really actually kind of inspiring, but at the same time, it, it doesn't pull any punches. Like, you know, it, it really portrays what what's happening, you know, in, in the world. Yeah. Jazz, do you have anything from I I've seen the trailer that everybody's talking about, Jamie. I haven't seen it yet, but I think Max Harwood, I mean, this film's going to open like February 26, I think, 2021. I would like to, you know, I don't know. We'll see where we are in the world. Who knows, as you said, if we haven't like set us, you know, burn it to the ground. Um, but I think Max Harwood could be an up and comer. And I don't know if it's a story about, a young teenager who becomes a drag queen at school and dresses up as drag queen to go to his prom and with Richard E. Grant, who I love. Um, so I don't know, this could get some attention. Um, but I also like Palm Springs a lot, Clayton. Ever since you've been championing it, it's like just slowly like crept up again on my radar. And I'm like... Yeah, I'm realistic about... But God again. liking me that much. So <laughs> I, I, the most I can hope for is like screenplay or something like that. Yeah. I don't know, but Andy Samberg is very good in it. He's very good. I, I'm curious to see what happens when The White Tiger is released on Netflix, because that's another best-selling book that uh, people really love that story. Um, and the the newcomer who plays the lead, Adarsh uh, Gaurav, I believe, um, just looks so magnetic from the trailer. And he has this whole arc. I mean, there's still so many things to see. I know. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm also a big, I know he's going to have some hard, he's going to have a hard time, but Jesse Plemons and I'm thinking of ending things, I think is very, very good. He made me want to listen to the Oklahoma soundtrack <laughs> to that movie. So I'm like, my all, arm on that. yeah, so I'm, I'm all okay with that. And I actually think John Magaro is very good in First Cow also. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, that that's going to have some, but an another performance that is good that I think is gonna have a hard time it's not out yet but Justin Timberlake can really do some drama in the film Palmer and I'm it was very happy I was very happy to see him do his he's a good actor thing. 
Yeah. He really is. Yeah. When he was hosting Saturday Night Live, like, if you can do comedy, you can really oh, do He's a fantastic comedy yeah. actor. Right? And, yeah. And, and hey, actually, Mike, that may mean we'll get a J, uh, Timberlake uh, hosting of SNL maybe around that time because mm-hmm. I like to tie those things together. Yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. we're overdue for that. I think it's time to bring sexy back to SNL. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you. Oh, oh, and Andy Samberg could get nominated for Best Actor. Oh, my God. Star. Yes. <laughs> Again, that, that, that the sketch then that we could see on the Oscars. Maybe this telecast <laughs> is not going to be so bad after all. Uh, so. We, and and we, we, we would be not... We wouldn't be good uh, critics and writers here if we didn't mention, just so the internet can talk about it for a while, Jamie Dornan in Wild Mountain Time with Emily Blunt. I'm so curious about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big Jamie Dornan fan. I, you know, I think he his even his performance in uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was very subversive. He knew exactly what he was doing. He had a wink in his eye, like, um, love him in the fall. You know, uh, there was a movie that... Uh, came out earlier this year that he and Sebastian Stan starred in um, everything, everything It's quite good in that. Just playing a yeah. normal guy. Yeah. yeah. Is that, it's, it's actually him. I mean, him and Emily Blunt are like the two of the most attractive people in the world. So them <laughs> being together is like, usually we'll do it. Uh, but both have very great uh, Scottish accents that they do. It's really, it's like, it's well done. He's going to, uh, Glo- globes are going to go nuts. I'll just say that for sure. Okay. So we'll see him at the globes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it sounds like on that note, uh, it's time for us to go back to uh, freaking out over the next uh, couple of days. So stay safe, everyone. I hope you voted because by the time you're listening to this, it's too late. (laughs) And we'll see where things go from here. But uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, You know, even if the world is burning, the Oscars are still happening. Will we be back? (laughs) We we shall see. We will, Uh, hopefully. Yes. Uh, So thanks again, everyone. It's Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Clayton Davis. Leslie Odom Jr. has had an exceptional year starring in the stage filming of Thomas Kale's Hamilton, which debuted on Disney Plus over the summer. For his work in Amazon Studios' One Night in Miami, he's received an abundance of love and high praise for his performance as Sam Cooke, which has landed him in the thick of a very competitive Oscar race. Based on Kemp Power's stage play, One Night in Miami tells a fictional account of one incredible evening in which Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X gather after Ali defeated Sonny Liston in February 1964. Why am I so pretty? Ah. <laughs> and I'm only 22 years old. There is no way I'm supposed to be this great. Look, Alexander the Great conquered the whole world at the age of 30, and I conquered the world of boxing at 22 without sustaining so much as a scratch. There he goes. You do the math. All right. When, when is this party going down? Yeah, that's a good question. What's on the agenda, Malcolm? Well, I thought this would be a wonderful chance for us to reflect on what's happened tonight. Like our young brother said, there's no denying that greater forces were at work. You mean, no one else is coming? Well, rest assured, my brother, you're not missing anything. Odom Jr. has won a Grammy and a Tony Award for Hamilton, but he's continuing to expand and sharpen his abilities as an actor, musician, and performer, having written the song Speak Now for One Night in Miami, for which he can also receive an Oscar nomination. I recently spoke with Odom Jr. about playing Sam Cooke, as well as working during the pandemic 
collaborating with first-time director Regina King and what he's continuing to learn about the film industry. We began by acknowledging that anxiety was high as we were recording our interview the day before the presidential election. Yeah, we are literally the day before. Um, but you know, I think, I mean, this, this, even this Tuesday, it's gonna, it's gonna linger on. We're gonna have record, record, um, you know, numbers of people voting early, voting by mail. So, you know, we're not even gonna know of the full picture even tomorrow. I kind of, I'm just kind of hoping so. <laughs> I want to know, I want to know tomorrow. I can't go to sleep. Like, and it's still like in flux, but all right, we're going to be positive now. Yeah. Man. What good positive stuff is you. Look at you working, doing all this stuff. <laughs> Look at you. New jobs and things. New job, you know, like you and I, you and I called each other before the pan, you know, before the pandemic said, let's just make this the biggest year of Clayton and Leslie Odom Jr. that we Let's can get going. The, the, the year of the junior. No, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I could not have, I could not have anticipated any of this. You know, the pandemic for me, like for most people, you know, COVID caught all of us in the middle of something. You know, I was on tour for my record. I had finished shooting this film, shooting One Night in Miami that we're going to talk about today. But, um, you know, the Hamilton film wasn't supposed to come out this year. One Night in Miami in a lot of ways got fast tracked because they, you know, they thought the the film was prescient and they wanted it out right now. So there are things, there are little gifts, you know, and also personal things, you know, as, as difficult as it is being, you know, having my kid out of school because we, you know, we take the quarantine pretty seriously and we, we have kept her out of school all this time. She's just preschool, but the, the difficulty of that, of having a toddler around the house is also of course tempered with the reality of, you know, with the realities of how beautiful it is, you know, to spend this much time with her and, you know, I haven't been this, this home with her this much since she was born. Yeah. So, the, you know, there have been these undeniable gifts in this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you have to look at the, the light in the dark, right? And that's, and that's what's been going on and, reality. Yeah. And, we, and we venture forward, but you know, you, you, sir, one night in Miami. So you you said, all right, not only am I going to act my face off, I'm also going to sing my face off, too, in a film in which you portray Sam Cooke, one of the greatest vocalists of all time. Uh, I think a good place to start is the monumental task of taking that on. How did you feel doing that? I was willing to, you know, I, I, my number got pulled, you know, I got, I got, <laughs> I got called on because I, I, and I was willing to take on the task if I was called on, but, you know, I wasn't raising my hand <laughs> to take on the task, you know, voluntarily. I, I, I had friends that were auditioning for the role. Every, every couple of days I'd get an, a text from my friend, Hey, are you going in for Sam Cooke? I'm like, nah, man. And I'm not doing that. Uh, have fun with it, though. Uh, but I, number one, I thought that there, I just felt like there must be someone better suited than I to take that on. And, you know, without sounding like that guy, I hope you'll understand. I just felt like it had taken me so long to get any kind of space between me and the greats. What I mean is, you know, when you're coming up, all people want to do. First thing people want to do is put you in some sort of box. Yeah. You know, I feel like every actor of my generation, all of us have to sort of 
first deal with the deal with people telling us we're the next Denzel. And then right right behind that, you have to realize you're never gonna be the next Denzel. Yeah. You know, so all of us have to reckon with that. And, you know, uh, the second I got a little bit of space between that and I was allowed to be myself, you know, how people were accepting me for who I am, thanks to Hamilton and some of the work that I'd done post Hamilton, people were really allowing me to be my own thing, my own guy. And so, yeah, I was not, you know, it didn't seem all that wise to run and put somebody else's shoes on, you know, yeah. and, and fall short. You know, I just, I just didn't want to be a whack Sam Cooke. I didn't want to be bad. And, <laughs> you know, and then have it wipe away people, you know, any kind of opportunity I had to be an exceptional Leslie Odom Jr. You yeah. know, that I could sort of ruin all that by being a terrible Sam Cooke. And I think there's a unique opportunity here. And, and one thing I've been very passionate about uh, in my time here at Variety is education, right? So you're from New York, like me. So we have to, you know, keep that going. Um, and I have long complained that, and I'm so glad you brought it up, coming up in this space, when I was younger, I used to say I wanted to be an actor because the only thing I could physically see. Sure. Um, I didn't know what a cinematographer was. I got to college. Like, you know, we don't have access to the arts and so, and not, not every community is created equal kind of thing. Yeah. But you, you know, you, you, you uh, were born in Queens, moved to Philly. I think you went to high school performing arts. Then you went to Carnegie Mellon. You know, it's hard for everyone in the group that grows up in these communities to have access to, the, to those things. What, what is something that you really attest to your success of learning, of always being drawn to the arts, but having that fire continue uh, oh. through your childhood and youth. Oh, I, I really have um, angels to thank. I have, you know, all of, there were, there were a handful of adults of some really, really special teachers and mentors in my community that, that took an interest in me and encouraged me and supported me. And, um, you know, not everybody has that. Even, you know, so any chance that I get to be that for some young person, even in a moment, I take that opportunity to give them some encouraging words and really demystify it. A lot of times when young people are coming to me and they're asking me, like, how, you know, how do I even get started? And I tell them I really and, and I and I use the lessons of my life. I'm not making this up, but I say just love it. Love it with your whole heart, and eventually it will love you back. Not always in the way that you expect it to or that you think it's going to, but it'll love you back in the way that you need. You found your way. You know, you loved that you loved the same thing I loved. You loved storytelling. I, I, you know, I've heard, I've read some of your work and listened to interviews with you and stuff. Love storytelling, love film. And you found your way into the Clayton. <laughs> lane you, you invented you created it yourself you know in this lane and within this thing that you love and in something that you said yourself you know didn't you didn't even know existed when you were a child that's what i'm trying to point them to that it's not i know you might think that it's performing right now or you might think that it's being in hamilton right now whatever that thing is that's okay just love it love it with your whole heart and eventually you will find that spot for you and then somebody's going to ask you to play Somebody Sam Cook. I was gonna say, play Sam Cook. Here you go. 
<laughs> right. I, I, I love the road though. It's like just like yeah. And here's Sam Cooke. Just, just go with it. Oh my god. Yeah. And here's and here's Aaron Burr, sir. While you're at it. The thing about Burr or William Still was that um, you know, I didn't have nobody was gonna be, certainly with Burr, nobody was gonna be matching me up with him and comparing us. You know, I I got to take the the spirit of the man and meld that and infuse that with with my spirit you know because we were up there that story was just as much about us as it was about them you know and that's i think part of the fun of watching david diggs play thomas jefferson or or lin manuel play hamilton part of the fun of that is that you never forget you're watching lin manuel yeah. With Sam, that was the first time that I knew that it was going to be about verisimilitude, that it was going to be about how close could I actually get to the guy. And that was really scary, especially when it came to the singing, because I knew now I wanted to come close all over the place. I wanted to come close in, in the way he walked, the way he talked. And, you know, I came as close as I could in the time that I had. Thanks to Regina, thanks to a brilliant dialect coach in Trey Cotton. Uh, we had a black, black dialect coach on this movie, brilliant young brother. But um, I knew that the singing, for Sam anyway, would be the first place that I was judged because that's what he's most known for. Yeah. Far fewer people have heard Sam speak than have heard him sing. So that was where I started. I started with the singing voice. I started in the studio, just picking that apart. And that taught me a lot actually about him psychologically too because there's, there's stuff to be gleaned and learned from the way he laid down a song and really charting that, charting his uh, evolution as a singer from the soul stirs, you know, growing up in that church where his father's a minister and coming up as, you know, the, that, that new kid on the block in gospel music and becoming a sensation, a teen idol as a gospel singer long before he records as a pop singer, but then then really listening to the pop stuff and listening to when and how he infused that gospel, those gospel roots. And it was just a fascinating process as a singer, you know, let alone as an actor. But that's the stuff that is that is proven to be, you can imagine, most useful to me, even post-filming, is all the stuff I learned from Sam as a singer. He made me a better singer. Mm. You know? Let's talk about your brothers on set. I've, I've spoken with a few of them leading up to you. So I've, I was able to get a little bit of the dirt. So I'm, I'm well prepared for you. On me. <laughs> Actually, um, Aldous Hodge, man, like he just speaks the world of all you guys. I mean, I mean, I, I've spoken with Kingsley also. It's, and just like how you guys just like knew, like it's almost like you guys knew each other. Like it just, it just came together. Did, did it feel that like, it did. Effortless. It did. You know, I had, I have experience coming from the theater of being in an ensemble, of knowing what that means, how to, how to give and take. And I was on set with a bunch of other people that understood the same thing. And so it just, we knew we were there to, to, to do. I, I was going to say it made the work easy, but the work was never easy, but we all um, had the same focus and the same intention. So, oh man, just a beautiful time working with those brothers. And I really did think about uh, Kingsley as our leader. I imagine the other brothers would tell you the same thing. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't just that Kingsley had the most material, you know, just the most like words <laughs> of us to say, you know, but it was, it's Kingsley's night. You know, Kingsley really does drive that. He is there 
with, you know, unbeknownst to Sam, certainly unbeknownst to us, you know, he has a, an, an agenda for that evening and a reason mm -hmm. why he wants us all in that motel room and just guided by his tremendous preparation and, and his skills. And then the, the beautiful, inspiring work being done, you know, to my left and my right and Aldis and Eli, it was a wonderful mm -hmm. experience. You've worked with two queens in a row, Cassie Lemons and now Regina King like just work with all the greatest, you know, and Regina on our first feature, I always have to stress this, the first feature film because she's directed before. Right. And she, I would think she's just done it like her whole life. Like she just grabs the story and just goes. So talk about that support system that was, that was there. I mean, you just worked mm -hmm. with so many great directors in this very short amount of time that you've, and I say short amount of time, You've been around for a while, but like your film, you know, yeah. film. I mean, I've, I've made very few films, less than a couple of handfuls. You know, I'm still learning. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very public way to learn making movies. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm watching these things like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved working with Casey and, and I loved working with Regina. Regina had, um, you know, the first, I think the first real job of a director is to, um, get everybody in the same movie, you know, because we all read the script and we have this movie in our head and then we, we show up. The actors are some of the last people to, to come onto a set. It's like us and the PAs. And sometimes the PAs are even on before us. Yeah. But um, yeah, director has to very quickly get everybody in there drinking the same water, thinking about this thing in the same way, because we all have to, you know, stylistically, um, get in the same world practically, how are we making this, you know, we have to align, you know, in our processes. And so um, she did that exceptionally well. And then I'll just say, you know, as a, as a performer, you know, because I have my own taste and the things that I care about, the things that I'm going for, you don't always align with, a, with another creative on what you think is appropriate for a given moment and stuff. And, I'll just say, Regina, every single note she gave me, every single thought she gave me, made me better. Made me better. And so when you have that in a, in a boss, in a collaborator, that you know every single time they come and they say something in your ear, you're going to be able to use that to get to a farther place, a deeper place. It's a, it's a real you know, gift and it's a wonderful thing. Right. Talking about you and you're saying they made you better and you were already pretty damn good. So I'm just going to throw it out there. I mean, Leslie was already killing it with your unique background and kind of going through all facets right now of arts, right? Some people say Leslie's getting greedy. He's won a Tony, won a, won a Grammy, maybe headed towards an Oscar. I'm just saying like, dude's making his, his way through his stuff. Can you remember the movie, the song, just something early childhood, early Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. The, 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 the art, piece that did it for you that you were like that's it i'm in i'm doing this for the rest of my life you know i i do remember what it was and i'll tell you what it was i just have to like preface it with you know as we learn new information about all of our heroes you know we learn new information we have to sort of put we have to contextualize this work that we fell in love with this art that we fell in love with with this new information it's like you know how does that does that change the work that I love? Am I still allowed to love it? You know, but I'll just share with you the truth. You know, 
it was you know it was MJ. It was MJ, and it was it was the the thriller. But even more than that, it was the making of thriller. <laughs> you know, it was that that doc that documentary about the making of a short film is really what it was. You know, that yeah. short John Landis, right? That the making of that movie and man seeing them in rehearsals you know it was it was you know the fact that michael was willing to peel back the layers of his process and um show us uh because because when something like that comes together hamilton one night you know maybe you know some other things it's a miracle it's such a collaborative effort it is such a collaborative effort and so Man, those costumes, the lighting, the production design, the direction, the performances, the choreography, all of those things have to align to make a little piece of magic. And so whole lot of decisions have to, you know, a whole lot of things have to go right to make something like that. And so Michael, it was it was that thriller thing, you know, him him peeling back the layers of his, uh, peeling back the layer and showing us a window into the process of making it that I was like man, I'd love to be in that rehearsal. <laughs> I want to be, you know what I mean? I want to be in the sweatpants, like learning the dance. And, you know, and there was something about Michael. He, he made worlds, you know, he, he, he was a world maker, you know? So once I found my way to the stage and I found my way to Broadway and, you know, I joined the company of Rent when I was 17 years old, I got there and I was like, they made a world here. Ah, Leslie Odom Jr., man. Always, always, always so, so deep. I, I, could, I could see like the, the passion kind of pouring out. And it's, it's like, and if any listeners, like, you don't see that too often sometimes with people having like great years like this, that like they're still passionate about what they do. Like, it's hard to like still get that from like you lose track of why you love what you do so much. And sometimes it's hard to get that from, uh, from artists, but you, you, show it very very well and uh, Thank you, we're really really excited for you I, I have like two more questions for you i know uh one of the big things uh is what the future holds for you and you're going to take on another queen with sia dude man like i know just don't Lucky. stop working uh you're gonna be a sia then you're gonna be in the many saints of newark uh and then you have a, a film needle in a in a time stack uh what what at this point what is Leslie Odom Jr. kind of looking for in, in your roles? Are you obviously you're challenging yourself every step of the way, but are you seeking something, anything in a, in a movie yet? I heard you say in a movie, you know, when, oh, in an interview when somebody was talking, you were talking about, I think, what you would tell a young, you know, these young people that come to you and say, I want to be a film critic, you know, you were like, yeah. First thing I'd say is don't, and then the next thing the next thing I'd say is what what are you going to say that isn't already being said in the space, and so that those are the things that I'm looking for. I'm looking for what isn't already being done. What can I offer? What can I offer my community this art form that sort of isn't already being handled by handled very well by Michael B. Jordan handled very well by Daniel, you know, Kaluuya, or you, you know, that it's, it's just trying to find those, those things that, that feel like I can maybe say them in a way that, that no one else could, you know, I'm just looking for projects like that. And I, and I try to, 
not only is the diversity of what I do, you know, the variety of what I get to do with the with the albums and the TV and the film, you know, it, the writing, all that stuff. It's fun for me, but it it also allows me to keep the desperation out of this. It means that I don't have to take a movie. I have to work for a living always, but I don't. I I try to make it so I have enough going on that I don't have to take a movie to pay my bills. I don't have to take a movie out of desperation, partly because I remember I remember that so clearly when I was in my 20s and having to take a job, any job almost. And I don't want that again. Uh, but yeah, when I when I do a film, man, from certainly from here on out, I want it to be something that I feel they're not going to all be great. <laughs> You know, I'm sure you're going to have something to say about one or two of them, but it's going to be with the intention that, that I just spoke about. Awesome. Last big thing is you're a family man, married, have a baby. Everything that's happening for you right now is so great to see. And you're doing such amazing things. The personal aspects of, of Leslie Odom Jr., what is that drive that your wife and your daughter play for you in your in your decisions everything that you're doing now what have they done for you here now as an artist and as a man a good question i i think to to put it simply i remember when before my daughter was born like right before she was born you know i started to think of this little life this little soul and i started to imagine her as she watched daddy as she watched me do what what it is i do whether i was a school teacher or a chef or a lawyer, you know, I want my kid to see me at my best. That's what I want to show her. If she's going to mirror daddy, the next kids we have on the way, if they're going to mirror daddy, if they're going to mirror mommy, I want them to mirror the passion. I want them to mirror the focus, the um, intention, the, the desire to do something well, the craft, you know, in whatever it is they do. You know, I'm certainly not trying to raise a house full of performers. Look, if that's if, if that's what I get, then that's what I get. I'm but ready I, for the Odom version of uh, of Rent whenever you guys are ready to. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But that, that so that's what it did for my for my work. It really it was focusing in that way. It was like you know, so they're watching now. You know, it, it, it's more personal. These little ones, these babies are watching now, and so what do you what do you want to show them? You know, how honest can you be, really? How focused can you be? How how hard can you work? Because now they're watching. Very well said, sir. Listen, Leslie Odom Jr., I, I'll talk to you for five hours, man. Like, <laughs> just I'm so excited for you. I'm excited for everything that, that you're doing right now. I'm excited what you're going to bring for the future. You're working with Fred Savage, man. I think the geeky part of me was so excited about that. I was oh, like, you get to work with Fred Savage, you know? So uh, I look forward to everything that you're going to be doing. Congratulations on a Great success with the film. I think we'll be probably talking a little bit more throughout this season. And um, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks so much, man. One Night in Miami will open in select theaters on December 25th before launching on Amazon Prime Video on January 15th, 2021. Aldous Hodge came into the year delivering outstanding work in the horror film The Invisible Man. And then he took up the task of playing Jim Brown in One Night in Miami, which he initially turned down to audition because he didn't feel he was adequately equipped to do. Hodge tells us how he ended up doing One Night in Miami. So oddly enough, when I auditioned for the, the role, I was in Australia shooting The Invisible Man. <laughs> but um, I remember when the audition initially came around and, you know, 
I, I, I turned down the audition, right? Um, no, no disrespect on the project. That was an incredible project. I just didn't feel like I could adequately uh, uh, play Mr. Brown, right? It, it's sort of like, um, I remember, like for Straight Outta Compton, you know, the first audition that came at me with was uh, coming to, you know, audition for Dre. I don't look like Dre. I can't play no Dre. I'm happy I said no. Because yeah. then they, they, you know, would, took a minute and then they were like, yo, Ren. And I, I studied Ren and I was like, I, because he's here, I'm trying to respect the man's life. If I'm going to yeah. do it, I'm going to try to do it right. You know what I mean? Um, so with this one, I at first didn't know if I could be the right guy. So with respect, I said, I don't think I'm, I'm it. Then when um, I'm in Australia working, you know, I hear from my team, yo, Regina wants to see you audition. The queen, said, okay. you. the queen summons you. The queen summons you. All right. I get you it. Know, it was it was Regina and, and our, our casting director, Kim Harden, who's in, in she's salt of the earth. Awesome. And um, I don't care what I feel. I'm not going to be the fool who tells Regina no. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll audition. You know what I'm saying? Well, let, me, let, me, let me see the pages. You know, and we went back and forth on it a, a couple of times, auditioned a couple of times, but she was, um, I could tell just, we, we talked about it. We, we got on a phone call to talk about it. And the phone call, I think, I thought it was at first going to be like 15, 30 minutes. We ended up talking like a couple of hours and it was more about culture and all this other stuff. And it was like, I could get with that. You know what I mean? Because I know where her heart is on this project. I know, what she's trying to accomplish with this and because she, she's uh, I mean, she's a brilliant woman, but she understands what this the potential of this can do, what it's supposed to do. Right. So now beyond just, oh, can I play him or not? No, I just want to work with her. Forget the rest. Like, I just want to like, yo, Virginia, what's up? You know, Audition a couple of times and, and, you know, by the grace of God, they said, OK, look, you're the guy. And I was I was really grateful because I would have been real hot. Right now, I would have been in my feelings <laughs> right now had I seen what the film turned out to be, because in this particular time, God damn, it's it's couldn't be better timing for the conversation had in this film for the representation. Regina's the perfect person to helm this film. Kemp, of course, he wrote the play and, and he adapted it to, to, to the screenplay. He wrote the hell out of this thing. You know, we, we had the right producers, the right team. It was like the right elements, you know, and, and, and the cast, you know, everybody came together. They, they, they fit the bill. So I'm so, so glad and just so honored and, and, and grateful to be a part of this. Yeah. That's, that's good. Um, how many times did, uh, did you sing Hamilton on set? I just need to know, like, if it came <laughs> at all. We just threw, threw out some numbers. <laughs> and Leslie, you know, just, just to, you know, kind of mess around. Man, I'm going to be honest, bro. We were so dialed into what this is. We ain't had time for nothing else, bro. We was just like, it was crazy because um, I think I was cast around November. We started doing prep in December, started shooting in January which for a film is not necessarily the longest amount of time, you know, um, we were all off in different places on other jobs. So we couldn't always be in the same place at the same time. I think the first time we were all together was maybe table read um, in like December, but we were so down into trying to figure out who these men were, how we were going to play them, how to be honest to them and getting everything, every detail, right. You know, uh, Regina had a massive job with 
getting the time frame right, the colors right, details. She had an insane team, you know, but she was even down to like the suits. And, you know, she was talking to me about, you know, what do you think about, you know, Jim being in this kind of suit because of other guys that da da da. And, you know, what we wore spoke to who we were. So we were just, this was a, a 24 7 focused job <laughs> in, in the best way possible. When, when uh, I think about, I think about like some some scenes of I was talking like to Kemp about this a few weeks back, yeah. and you know the 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 one thing I could kind of describe because uh, I've never seen the play uh, before you know before it, it came yeah. here uh, to, for an ad, a film adaptation, and I asked him like straight up I was like did you just like leave the studs like on the house like when you were bringing it like from one medium to the other. Yeah. He was like, I, I, he's like, you know, he really had to expand it because, like, you know, the play is all in the whole the hotel room. Yeah. And in the film, you get to explore a lot of the uh, surrounding areas. Yeah. Uh, however, I did say, and this isn't a criticism. I, it, I hopefully it will be a a, uh, a catalyst for education. Uh, is <laughs> that when you come into the movie, I feel like you, you are required to know where everyone is at this point <laughs> in their lives. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. a lot of other people may not, but I yeah. think it will give people the wondering, yearning the interest. Yeah. interest to start looking up. Like why is yeah. Malcolm, why is, why is Kingsley Benadir not Denzel Washington screaming Plymouth yeah, Rock, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and, and I think yeah. that that's, that it offers a lot of things. What did you did you talk to Jim? How did that whole thing come? Uh, I was I was not uh, afforded the opportunity to to speak to Mr. Brown. I even and even thought about that in terms of uh, you know, how to do this, how to how to how to go at him. But I kind of went with my nature to to do the job and and and. Um, to do the job that I felt confident with in my head, not trying to be overconfident or overzealous, but I think it was, it was a conscious decision to maintain that because um, I was putting in a, a very specific type of work. And, you know, I, as an artist, wanted to honor Mr. Brown as, 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 I, as I understood. And I started doing the research on his past works. And, you know, so basically for me as an artist, I wanted to sort of, you know, show him what I thought of, you know, um, I was able to, to speak to his daughter though. So, so she actually makes an appearance in the film. If you're looking closely, you'll catch her, Kim Brown. But, uh, we were able to talk about her pops and some of the stuff that, uh, you know, some of the past stuff and, you know, uh, mannerisms and things like that. She was like, nah, you, you know, she's like, Oh, that's, that's pop. I was like, okay, cool. I'm good. Like, if I can convince you, I'm good. But, um, yeah, for me, it was more about just trying to execute the work that I had done in, in terms of trying to hit a particular goal, you know, um, trying to, trying to do a certain, certain thing. I've done biopics before. Sometimes I was able to speak to the person, sometimes not, but um, with this one, you know, it was, it was just that um, trying to execute on what was in my head. Okay. And I hope um, he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, right? Like you can uh, I know I said I, I hope he's happy. Oh, oh, I, <laughs> I hope he is happy. Um, yeah. I, I love to also, you know, again, get into the educational piece. Um, yeah. Talk about what 
what what are those films? What are those TV shows? What inspired you? You're from you were born in North Carolina, right? You're from yeah. I was born in North Carolina, but I was raised in New York and Jersey, and then uh, and that's where I am right now. I mean, I, I was born in the Bronx, and I live in Jersey City. So I word up. Yeah, yeah. I'm in bad style right now, man. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. oh wait, hold on. Are are you a Nick fan? <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just need to know. <sighs> I'm sorry, you broke up. There was a connection. I, wow. What, uh, say that again. Are, are, you, are, you, are you a Yankee fan at least? I can't hear Oh this. my God, what is happening? The right. There's something really going on with not, the not, not everyone could be. Not everyone could be perfect. It's all right. It's yeah, right. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so so um, let's talk about some of those movies and uh, yeah. TV shows that, that what, are the, what are the ones that knocked you back on your butt that like you were like... The, this, oh, man. I gotta do this. Um, you're talking about the ones that I've been involved in? No, no. Oh, early oh, on just, when you were younger, yeah. yeah. Coming up. Man, I remember like a couple of my favorite movies back in the day were Devil in a Blue Dress. Um my and mom, Yeah, Mouse. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was everything. I was like, ah, because my mom loved his performance, Don's performance in that. And I was like, all right. I want to I want to give a performance like that one day, you know, and then the professional, um, mm. bruh, the professional, I think in France is called Leon. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, everything about that. I was gassed. I was just like, damn, it just was so cool. You know what I mean? Give the world um, Natalie Portman, man. It's yeah, a good one. I want to do a, yeah, exactly. I want to do a job like that interview with a vampire. I remember was a big one. Um <laughs> I gotta say Die Hard with Avengers. I'm a little biased because yeah, I was in it, but yeah, it was still yeah. one of those joints. Um, I remember Crash was one of the most I felt well-written films where I actually paid attention to the script mm. uh, structure, the story structure, because everybody's story was linked together seamlessly. And I thought Paul Haggis did an incredible job with that. Um, trying to think of, in ter- terms of television shows, like I said, Martin and Fresh Prince with Staples in the House. Don't ask me which one was better. Um <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare ask that question um and then of course then you go from martin to fresh prince and you got bad boys and you're like mm-hmm. yeah Yo. <laughs> everybody in my house man me and my brother we lived in, in a spot with my six cousins uh at one time it was 12 people in one house um yeah but we were we all wanted to be bad boys man that was that was the thing but okay. Trying to think of of what else was really is die is die is, hard a, is die hard a Christmas movie? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we're good, we're good. Yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire, Jumanji. Oh, oh man, yeah, these, these are the movies man, that had the influence God, on you. But the Sandlot, the Sandlot. Oh, it's my sister's yeah. favorite movie. My sister's favorite right. movie is Sandlot. Yeah. yeah, but for me, I don't know if I ever watched these movies and said like. I want to be that kind of actor. I've never done that. I've always sought to be my own. I just respected and and the craft and I just was enjoying as a fan. I was just yeah. enjoying it. But oftentimes what I went through in my career is people saying, you're going to be the next this. So you're going to, you want to be like such and such. Yeah. And yeah. in my mind, I had to, you know, sort of to the refinement for myself, I want to be me. So I've always fought for my own self in that sense of, nah, I'm just me. That's it. But I can appreciate the work, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you don't have to be the next. Anyway, listen, you're carving out a, a great, a great lane for yourself, and you've worked with like some. I mean, 
some of the best. I mean, you've mm-hmm. shared, you know, sets and screens with, you know, Taraji P. Henson, you know, you've been, uh, Taraji. By, She's gold. You've been, been directed by F. Gary Gray, yeah, you know, yeah. um, you know, and, and here, like, you know, you're, you you're, know? it's a masterclass on acting, man. It's like you, Kingsley Benadir, Eli Gorey, and Leslie Odom Jr. Like no, no egos, no, any, just, just four great actors kind of just bringing it to life. I mean, uh, thank you, man. Thank it's, it's, it's got, it's gotta be one of the more rewarding parts of, uh, of your career yet. And listen, you're like, yeah. Got so much more to go, you know. <laughs> yeah, sir. Actually, I don't know if I got time. We never know. But uh, while I'm here, the time I got, I ain't trying to waste. Um, it is 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 deeply rewarding because of what I feel like it can do for the culture in terms of helping us to understand us in this time and helping other people to understand us and what we're going through. That's what I think the the reward is. Um, we had a, a fantastic cast and we came at it with all we had to be able to work with the team that we had, to be able to work with Gina in this capacity as her first directorial feature. Like she's directed before, don't don't get it twisted. She mm-hmm. She's in a very experienced director, you know what I mean? But to be a part of her journey for this being the first like feature, um, that's a once in a lifetime, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that don't come around again to play yeah. this kind of part in this film. Don't come around every, you know what I mean? Uh, so I've been very fortunate and lucky and, um, you know, my mind stays at the on the work. I, I work with very accomplished people in, in a lot of spaces, and they always tell me they always working on that next thing, the hustle, the work. And I tell young artists, don't get distracted by where you're at because you're where you're at on purpose. Like, if you sitting there working and, you know, Denzel is over there or, or, or Tom Hanks is over there, don't get lost in that because you are of the same caliber, which is why you're in the same room. Think of yourself and understand where you're at. Know your value. Know why you're there. You know what I'm saying? Know why you're doing that work. You know what I'm saying? But also keep your mind open to learn because these cats got experience. Go learn. Go soak it up. That is an open dictionary. But understand your value and don't ever let nobody tell you, oh, you're lucky to be here. I'm not lucky for nothing. Nah. I earned my spot. You know what I mean? So know you are where you are because you are of the same caliber of those that you work with and when you talk about a cast like this regina sought you know she hunted for a while who is going to have the essence to bring that together how are we going to help lift each other up and that's what we did on the set as a cast you know we we held each other down both aldous hodge and leslie odom jr will campaign in best supporting actor for the upcoming academy awards And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Preston Northup edited this episode and Michael Schneider is a producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Janelle Riley, Jazz Tanke, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. We'll see you on the circuit. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.